This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We're back. Backstage Chicago is flipping the stage lights back on and ready to bring you fresh episodes once a month. Lights, camera, action. In this episode, we take you inside the annual Chicago International Film Festival. We talk about its impact on the city's cultural scene. We talk about films. We talk to filmmakers and how Chicago has become a platform for up-and-coming directors. So take a seat, get some popcorn, pull the curtains back, and take a listen. Before Sundance, before Toronto, there was Chicago. The Chicago International Film Festival. Be seated, room. Proudly presents Dream a Dream. Recognized as the first international film festival in North America, it's been around for nearly 60 years. Coming out of a dark theater, everything seems brighter. Film illuminates the world, opens your eyes. It all began with Michael Kutza, who loved movies as a kid growing up on the South Side, but didn't think Chicago had enough choices on the big screen. I knew I, I loved movies and all of that, and I wanted... I started seeing my. I love Chicago, I'm a Chicago, and there was no way to see anything. And we had like three movie theaters. I could see foreign films because I, I don't know. Dad's Polish, mother's Italian, and here I am. And I wanted to see more things. And all we had was the the World Playhouse, the Cinema, and the Surf. And they would show one movie for six months. And when I'm making my little movies, I started entering them film festivals. And, and when I'm and, 18, 19, 20, I said, God, there's a whole world out there of stuff. And I thought, okay, we're missing too much in this town. He credits former Sun-Times columnist Irv Kupsinit with introducing him to silent film star Colleen Moore, who, with a little assist from her celebrity friends, helped him make it happen. He held the first film festival opening night in 1965. How could I forget it? Nobody came. <laughs> yes. The opening night was in November, November 4th. I don't forget. You know, it's remarkable at my age. I don't forget these terrible things. <laughs> it's the Carnegie Theater uh, at Rush and Oak, which is now uh, Hugo's Frog Bar, believe it or not. Even that marquee once said Carnegie. It had 500 seats, big bit of searchlight, and it was snowing like crazy. And uh, different press were there. And the stars of the film, a little independent film at the time, but it got a lot of publicity on television, so I thought there'd be an audience. And the stars of the film kept saying, well, we're, we're, we're one of the people coming. And I said, uh, uh, they'll be here, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came. Soon enough, people did come, year after year. Chicago International. 
International Film Festival. So is the Chicago Film Festival. But the Chicago International Film Festival. The Chicago International Film Festival. The Chicago Film Festival has been the place to go for excitement. Nearly six decades later, it's become the premier platform for new films, young directors, commercials, shorts, animated, independent, and foreign films. In recent years, The Artist, La La Land, and Marshall have been featured as opening night films, films that have later either received Oscar nominations or even won the award. Mimi Plachet is the artistic director. We have approximately 150 films from more than 50 countries. Um, we did look at 6, 000, more than 6,300 films for the festival from 112 countries. Truly international, but we're really excited about our U.S. independence as well, um, our, all of our competitions, um, including our short films, our animated films, a great lineup of comedies this year. For years, it's always been a way to showcase local filmmakers to the masses. Our city and state program has always been about like showcasing the amazing talent that is right here in our city, in our backyard, in places like Evanston. Um, and one of the things I think that's so great about the lineup of, of uh, city and state films this year is that it um, runs the gamut in terms of genres and styles. <laughs> Mercedes Kane grew up in Orland Park. She's an up-and-coming filmmaker whose documentary Breakfast at Ina's made its debut at the Chicago Film Festival back in 2015. The other two films had been at festivals, but um, Breakfast at Ina's was definitely the first one I premiered at as big of a film festival as Chicago International. I realized that it wasn't about the first day of opening the restaurant, which everybody thinks is the most important day, but it's the last day. I mean, that was the first one that, yeah, I think that one definitely got the most attention. And we had the premiere Chicago International, which was amazing. I, you know, obviously, Ina Pinkney is such a legend in Chicago. And, you know, it really was just so special to have her just be there with, like, all these people who, you know, have known her or heard of her. You know, she's been in the press a lot. So, you know, it's just like, it was incredible. But then we went on to screen at, like, 50 film festivals with that film, which was mind-blowing all around the country. And I'm not even joking, like every single one sold out. We got a standing ovation at every one and it was because of her. Like she was always there and she would stand up and people would just go crazy. <laughs> it was, you know, I just think they were so inspired by her story. And it was, it was almost, I mean, it was really amazing in Chicago, but then to like bring it to other, you know, cities and states and see that reaction, that was really incredible. This time around, Kane is bringing the story of art and pep, icons and activists in Chicago's gay community. It's fun. I like pushing it hit us both at the business and in our personal lives. Nobody would help us. By the time I turned 36 of my friends were dead. No government support. The folks you saw today are not people who normally beat their fists on desks and make a lot of noise. But there's great anger and frustration. Art and Pepe would get people packed into their club, but then they would make sure that they also took political action. Kane is founder of Daisy May Films, and she's one of the very few women filmmakers she tells stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah, you know, there's, as you know, I'm sure there's just not a lot of female directors who are recognized for their work to this day in terms of like Academy Awards and those sort of things. Um, there's definitely a lot more funding opportunities. I'm a member of the Film Patels, which is a nationwide organization. They have a lot of amazing opportunities. And I think there's more and more of that that you see for both women and people of color I think like, you know, there's definitely been like a concentrated effort put towards that. But, you know, I think in general too, just getting funding and support for filmmaking, independent filmmaking is just a constant uphill. 
Yeah, I mean, I I really think that Chicago is such a like, you know, it has such a wide range of stories. I mean, there's so many interesting people and cultures and perspectives in the city. And so it's just it gives you so much to pull from. Back at the first festival, a documentary was featured by director William Friedkin called The People versus Paul Crump. In modern film, though, many may know him as the one who scared folks across the nation with a little horror film called The Exorcist. Over the years, the festival has launched the careers of Martin Scorsese, Oliver Stone, and Guillermo del Toro. Chicago filmmaker Alex Thompson's film Rounding is making its Chicago Film Festival debut this year. Am I crazy to be worried about this? Doesn't Greenville have its own psych department to consult? It's funny, you know, seeing you here suddenly, James. It's a little scary. Thompson says the opportunity in the platform in Chicago is not lost on him. In the middle of the pandemic, pre-vaccine, like, let's go make a half a million dollar, uh, you know, psychological thriller uh, with a with a cast of 35 or 40 actors. I mean, that's it's not something you should really do. But Chicago, Chicago makes you feel kind of bold and uh, drunk on possibilities. So this is my first first film at Chicago International. And it's really exciting. Well, it's it's thrilling and also fills me with trepidation because I, I just I hope that folks watch it and see what we were trying to do. I hope they, you know, laugh, cry, jump. Uh, all the all the things that you hope for, but it's 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 exciting. I mean, Chicago International is a real iconic festival, and it, and it always has been. And ever since I moved here, I mean, I it's not like I haven't submitted to Chicago International. I I just this is the first time they said, you know, here we're let's roll out the red carpet for you. So it it was it's exciting. I think the thing is it's it is a prestigious international festival in addition to being a festival that makes space for local voices. So it's rounding is screening alongside, you know, the, the newest films from my favorite, favorite filmmakers from around the world, which is really, really quite thrilling. Meantime, the interest in filmmaking is on the rise. While we do show kind of the directors who year after year we look forward to seeing their next kind of master work, we also have a large um, portion of the festival program that's dedicated to being a platform for first and second time directors um, and really kind of ushering them into the film world, showcasing their work because we think that oftentimes we find that some of the most exciting work is actually coming from these younger directors who have a bit more freedom to kind of explore contemporary topics to experiment with form and storytelling style and really as they're discovering their own voices we're discovering them with them and you know I think at the festival it's an opportunity to see a director who you know not this year but next year or in five years or ten years will be a household name and you know at the festival it's your opportunity to see their first work. Over the years, everyone from Betty Davis to Jack Nicholson to Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, and Steven Spielberg have either been featured, honored, or were in attendance. One has mixed feelings when you get a Lifetime Achievement Award because, (laughs) need I say more? I feel very grateful that I'm in a business where I can live so many lives, eclectic lives, and yet come home to my wife and my seven children 
and enjoy my one single most important life. Many featured films later become awards contenders each year. Kutza says he has always had a knack for picking Oscar nominees. When you start this in the 60s before there was a Sundance in Toronto and all these other festivals, I was traveling so much and visiting so many countries for six months. I saw more films than anybody you could think of, including any Roger Ebert. There was no Roger Ebert. And I saw so much. You do develop a knack of what's really different and what's good and what catches your eye if you have superb taste like I do. But COVID challenged the film industry recently. With the expansion of streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, the future of big screen patronage was uncertain. When's the last time you went to a movie theater? It's tough to get people out. They're so spoiled with what they've got on, on their Netflix and their HBOs and their Disneys. and their, It is tough. Yeah. So I, I feel for what they're doing today. But there will always be a niche for this kind of foreign, I think, for this foreign. Kane says, luckily, there are plenty of people who still love seeing new releases in the theater. And the Film Fest does that each year. When I think about film festivals, it's such a different experience watching a film in a in a theater. And I think film festivals are so crucial to that because especially these kind of films that are, you know, local and independent and that you can't just like always find so easily, you know, and you just have this really communal, beautiful experience in a theater together. And so I do think it's so important to support film festivals and to continue them. Kutza agrees and says the future remains bright for films. He says there will always be a niche for this kind of art form, stories to tell, stories to share, to enjoy and to escape. From the first festival to get films, it was quite easy because everybody wanted to enter their film in Chicago, not because they'd heard about Chicago. And um, I was I was new, and I was out there looking for stuff. Said, oh yes, we'll definitely give you Chicago because that's where Al Capone's from, and that and that's where that that Mayor Daly is from. And I said, okay, if, if that'll get you here, we're the oldest, oldest, oldest the oldest competitive international film festival in in North America. Yeah, but you know now you, you've got Sundance, which does an incredible job of discovering young new directors with their inst- institute, and you've got. Um, Toronto, which is a Hollywood offshoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many different kinds of fractured, uh, splintered off festival ideas. Yeah, yeah. But more than ever, uh, Chicago has a great niche because you're not going to see this material anywhere else. You're not going to find it online. Um, but it's got to, you get to, it's how to get you back into the seats is the biggest, right. biggest situation. Thanks to Michael Kutza, Mimi Plauchet, Mercedes Kane, Alex Thompson, and the Chicago International Film Fest for their contribution to this month's episode. Tune in next month for another episode of Backstage Chicago. Listen to the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lisa Fielding. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.